into this place, into this holy vessel. into your presence, that you receive all of our worship. Father, we pray right now that you reveal to us our hidden faults so that they may not have mastery over us, so that we might worship you in spirit and truth, that the words of our mouth and meditate of our hearts be accepted, Lord, and thy For you are our rock and our redeemer, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, you can shout out to God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and worship him and bless him. Amen. It's okay to say thank you, God. It's okay to tell God he is a good God. We worship him. We bless him for he is worthy to be praised. There's no God like our God. There's no God like our God. He can do all things. And he does all things well. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. 
Oh, praise Him in this place. We encourage you to worship our God. Uh, we encourage you to fellowship with us together as we worship Him together in unity. And we want to encourage you a little something like this. We want to take
Amen, church. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord for another day that He has made. Thank the Lord for us gathering this morning to give Him praise and worship and and, and honor. Amen. Amen. See Sister Myra out there. Sister Myra. God bless you, Sister Myra. We all praying for you, Sister Myra. Amen. Praying for you, sister. Yes. Amen. This morning, Pastor's going to preach about thank the Lord for His help. Yes. Thank the Lord for His help. From First Samuel chapter seven. First Samuel chapter seven. If you're able to stand the line of God's word, you may do so. First Samuel chapter seven. We're going to begin at the first verse. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Amen? Amen. First Samuel chapter 7. Give everyone an opportunity to find this so we can all journey together. First Samuel chapter 7. Amen, church. And it reads, beginning with the first verse, So the men of Kirith-Jerim came to get the ark of the Lord. They took it to the hillside home of Abinadab and ordained Eleazar, his son, to be in charge of it. Mm-hmm. The ark remained in Kirith-Jerim for a long time, mm-hmm. 20 years in all. Mm-hmm. During that time, all Israel mourned because it seemed the Lord had abandoned them. Mm-hmm. Then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you want to return to the Lord with all your hearts, Get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. Turn your hearts to the Lord and obey him alone. Then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of the images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worshiped only the Lord. Then Samuel told them, gather all of Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah. And in a great ceremony, drew water from a well and poured it out before the Lord. They also went without food all day and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. It was at Mizpah that Samuel became Israel's judge. When the Philistines' rulers heard that Israel had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced. The Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Don't stop pleading with the Lord our God to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with the Lord to help Israel, and the Lord what? Answered you with me? Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day, And the Philistines were thrown in such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to a place below Bethkar, slaughtering them all along the way. Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshadai. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did invade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. The Israel, Israelite villages 
near Ekron and Gash that the Philistines had captured were restored to Israel along with the rest of the territory that the Philistines had taken. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites in those days. Amen, church. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy, holy, holy is thy name, Lord. For there is none like you, Lord. Father, you are God and God alone, Heavenly Father. Father, for you are the creator of the entire universe, Heavenly Father. And everything that exists, you created it, Heavenly Father. Father, we want to thank you most of all for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for sending your only begotten Son to save us, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for the unfailing love that you have shown to us, your people, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for mercy, Lord. We thank you for now rewarding us, Lord, according to our iniquities, Heavenly Father. For you loved us, Heavenly Father, and you have sustained us, and you have kept us. You have protected us from dangers we can see and dangers we cannot see, Heavenly Father. Father, surely, surely, Lord, you have been good to us, Heavenly Father. Father, please bless in the church, in the sanctuary, Lord. Bless from the front of the church all the way to the back, in the vestibule, Lord. Just touch right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Right now, Lord, just help us, Lord, our minds and our bodies and our spirits to forget about ourselves and just concentrate on you, Lord. Just concentrate and focus on, Lord, how you have blessed us and brought us through the years, Heavenly Father. No matter whether you're one father or 75 or 80, Lord, you have kept us and you brought us to this point in time. Thank you for the ones that are traveling here that they make it here safe and sound, Lord. Lord, bless it. Everything that is said, everything that is done is, is done and glorified you and to give you praise and honor. Lord, bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth, that it changes us from the inside out. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen, church.
that all will fall on me, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you hear our despair cry. And so, Father, we just desperate for you to continue to minister to our hearts and our minds right now. Prepare us, Lord, as we want to hear a word from you. Lord, we surrender to your presence. Expose our hearts to anything that takes us away from you. Forgive us of our sins and revive us with your word. May you renew your covenant with us as we walk in humility and submission according to your will. Oh, Father, speak, oh Lord, for your service are listening. That we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart. That we might not sin against you. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we say amen. 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 Oh, Lord, be to God. Glory be to God. As we are moving in the season of thanks, right, and to give thanks unto God, uh, we want to talk about today how we want to thank the Lord for his help. Anybody here can testify the Lord is my help. Amen. That the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my source. Oh, where would I be that have not been for the Lord on my side? Anybody here glad that God is a firm foundation? We want to look uh, at this chapter of Samuel, uh, the seventh chapter. I'm going to just lift up uh, this verse in our hearing. Uh, thank Pastor Price for reading in our context. First uh, Samuel 7, chapter verses 1 through 14. Uh, but I just wanted to lift up verse 12 uh, for us to meditate on as we're going to exegete this text. We're looking at verses 1 through uh, 14. New Living Translation reads this way. Uh, it says, Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Mm. Help me announce this to your neighbor. Tell them to thank the Lord for his help. Thank the Lord for his help. Look to your other neighbor. Make sure they didn't fall asleep. Wake them up if you need to. And tell them, thank the Lord for his help. Keep your Bible open. Try your best not to fall asleep. We're hoping to drive to the same conclusion together. Uh, we want to unpack this text together as we look at this text. Uh, verse 12, I want to highlight here. Uh, he named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of hell. Uh, can I suggest to you how this stone represents foundation and how this stone represents something to Hold firm and be strong and sturdy. Yes, and so when I think about this stone, I think about on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking. When I think about this stone, I think about how it represents a pivotal moment in his life, in Israel's life, and all who participate. But my question for you to think about is how do they get to this place? Sometimes we have a moment of gratitude not because we feel happy. Y'all quiet on But because we feel sad. Y'all quiet on Oftentimes we are great of giving thanks of joy and happiness, but times, how can I give thanks even in times of sadness and pain? Yes, sir. Well, I'm here to tell you today, this is how you do <laughs> They came to this moment in this place not because they were happy, but because they were disappointed. Look closely there in chapter 7, verse 1. It says, it seems 
or it appears that God had abandoned them. Now, this is very important to grasp here because the Ark of the Covenant is in their presence. Mm. Let me help you out. The Ark of the Covenant represents God's presence. But they did not feel his presence. Mm -mm. Help me today. Sometimes we walk through our lives with a lot of people. And it looks like we have a lot of friends. But you feel all by yourself. They were far from God, even though God was near them. How do they get far from God? Well, look closely again right there in the text. Verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 3. Then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you really, if you are really serious about wanting to return to the Lord. Y'all see that? See, God was there, but they were not. Oh, I wish I had a few more witnesses here. See, he said, do you want to return back up? The Lord, the Ark of the Covenant is here. Notice the key word, the Ark of the Covenant. See, the presence of the Ark and the presence of the Covenant means that there is a covenant to be had. But which means also there was a covenant that has been broken. What has been broken? I'm glad you asked that question. Look what Samuel continues to remind them. He says, get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Asherah. Determined to obey only the Lord, then he will rescue you from the Philistines. My goodness. If you look at this Bible in context, right? First Samuel uh, comes after the judges. And Judges comes after Joshua. Why did I go all the way back to Joshua? I'm glad you are following with me. Joshua says, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. My modern translation, Joshua said to him, don't fool me now. <laughs> don't say you're going to do something, not do it. So he let them know that give all of your heart to God. Here it is, Samuel's reminding them you had a covenant with God that you would love him and serve him only, but you allow these things to get in your house. And then you want to blame God for the struggles you have. Sometimes we're, we're going through storms and issues in our lives and we think that this is what we're supposed to go through, but you might have brought a curse. God told them there's blessings and obedience. There's curses for disobedience. And here it is that how is the ark is back in their presence, but they're not in the presence of God because they've given their hearts to other gods. Mm. And notice this condition had them in mourning. Y'all see that there? Look, 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 look again, look again, look again with me. Back to verse 1. So the men of Kim came to the ark of the Lord and they took it to the Hillside and Anabad and ordained Eliezer, the son, to be in charge of it. The ark remained and carried Jerem for a long time, 20 years. 20 years. Can somebody say 20 years? 20 years. During that time, all Israel mourned because it seemed the Lord had abandoned them. Y'all see that there? 20 years. They were in mourning. I don't know about you, but 20 is a long time for you to feel inadequate. For you to feel depressed, for you to feel defeated, for you to feel as if no one cares for you. For 20 years, they were suffering this. And Samuel realized, if y'all really serious, if you're really serious, then you got to take these steps. Y'all with me here? 
He says you got to remove these idols, right? And you got to turn back to God. You see the two acts he gives them? He said if you are really serious that you want to get back right with God, you need to remove what has you away from God. Mm. Also, as we look at this text, this text teaches a couple of things about life. One is that we have victories and one we have losses. So we win some and you lose some. They are here because they have suffered defeat. The ark is not in Shiloh where it was its original home because they lost it when Samuel's predecessors, uh, sons, acted a fool. Here's the problem, though, that they acted a fool. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Samuel was told by God to tell to tell Eli what was going to happen. Judgment was coming. Cursing was happening because they love other things more than they love God. I want to say really clearly, the Bible was very clear, that they became fat off the sacrifices. Eli was so fat that he, could, he fell down and did not get back up again. He fell out when he hadn't heard the news that his sons died in battle. He fell back and is out of his big seat because of his weight and broke his neck. I don't know if that's where Humpty Dumpty came from, but he Humpty Dumpty fell down. He did not get back up again. And, and, and here's what God told him, that there will be not an old person, an old male in your house. And then his wife, Phineas's wife, died having birth to a son. So that was the last seed left. And they named him Ichabod before the glory of the Lord has left. Because they were defeated and they lost the Ark of the Covenant. And here's the other thing why they took the Ark out. They took the Ark out because they lost the first time. They said, oh, surely God would be when we just take the ark out. They didn't ask. They didn't pray. They did not intercede. They just simply assumed that God, you just do whatever we ask you to do. And they went out of error and they suffered defeat. But here's the thing that how God was not defeated, even though Israel was defeated. Because every place the ark went, God caused plagues and boils and people to die because of what has happened. And so the Philistines said, hey, get this out of our area. We went from around three cities. They said, get out of here. And says, send it back to them. And they sent it back to the people. The people received it and they put it at this house. Because Atlanta in this house, because once Israel got it back, they thought that highly of themselves. Somebody tried to peek in. And God killed them from looking in onto the Ark of the Covenant. And many of the cities were suffering. They said, all right, get up out of here. And so they cast, uh, they concentrated and, and, and set aside Israel to look after the Ark and it stayed for 20. But yet they were in mourning because they were far from God. When we are far from God, sometimes we don't know how to look up. We are so weighed down, all we do is look down. We can't look up. I want to encourage you that you can have two perspectives. You can look at the negative side or you can look at the positive side. The choice is yours. You can look at maybe there's an opportunity of hope or you can just focus on the problem and despair. Samuel pointed out to them that if you are really serious, there is hope. Tell your neighbor, there is hope. Turn to the Lord. See, see, Samuel leads them to turn to the Lord, and turning to the Lord, Samuel gives them these two commands. Get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Asherah, and turn your heart to the Lord and obey him alone. Sounds simple enough. Matter of fact, I think that's what Jesus said, right? These two commandments. 
or the, with some like a whole lot, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Notice what he says, turn your hearts to the Lord. We got to give him all of us. There's a blessing in obedience. Samuel is calling Israel back to their covenant with the Lord. They know this because they were told to recite this every day. Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear your ears of the Lord God is one. Love the Lord, all your, your God, with all your heart, all your might, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. These two laws, Christ pointed out, we find in the Gospel of Mark, summarize all of the laws. Tell your neighbor, keep your eyes on the Lord. When we lose focus and start looking at other things that look appealing, that look attractive, they will draw us away from God. Notice that when they got rid of God, he only mentioned Asher, but they threw in Asher and there. But what happened was that Asher needed somebody else. Asher was a companion of bear. They said, hey, you can't just have one. Let's get them on. Think about how that's how they get you in everything in life, right? Once you buy one thing, they say, you need to get this too. You got to accessorize. Y'all, y'all quiet on it. And so we will accessorize and add on things because, you know, we can't just have it by itself. And think about how marketing knows that. So they sell you stuff and then they open up and say, hey, but you, don't you need this? Anybody shop online? You saw that? You about to check out. It says, they, normally people buy this together. Suggesting some other things for you to add on to this. Oh, that does look good. I, I do want to add that to that. You're never going to use it. We need to make sure that we stay focused on the real thing. God's grace and mercy is so wonderful to us. That we find here in this text that even when we mess up, even when we mess up, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. First John 1 and 9 says, but if you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse of all unrighteousness. Notice what happened here. Is that Sam is telling him, y'all need to go out and confess. You need to go out and repent. There's some times in our lives that we suffer defeats and we suffer loss because of our own sins. He's saying we need to refocus and keep our eyes back on Jesus. So in removing the idols, they're removing the sin amongst them. They're removing the deception of the enemy from amongst us. Sometimes in our lives that we have been easily deceived by the enemy that we let him sneak in. And they're just sitting in our house. And we're walking past not knowing we're being secretly deceived by the lies of the enemy. And then we're wondering why our relationships are hurting. We're wondering why our health is hurting, why our mental capacity is hurting. And the reason why is that we have not fully given ourselves to God. we got to guard ourselves knowing that the enemy is looking to attack us at all times. He's looking to attack us at all times. So we need to look out. Israel was living in this condition for over 20 years. They needed help to get out of this. They needed help. I'm going to say this again. They needed help. And Samuel was the one to help them. Who is Samuel? I'm glad you asked that question. Samuel is a priest and a prophet. In this moment in this text, he's just a priest and a prophet. You hear what I just said? He's just a priest and a prophet. It's later on he became their judge. That they recognize him as their leader. But right now, they realize they need the help. So they went to the man of God to hear a word from God. Hmm. And so here it is that this priest and this prophet is speaking to them, saying, if you want to get right, turn back to God. I would encourage you that if you've got godly counsel and you're helping somebody out, godly counsel will always point them back to God. Mm, I'll only add a few witnesses here. 
If somebody's telling you to read something else besides the Bible, check with them and say, I need a better source. Mm, mm, mm. Don't, don't, don't go by what the TV said, what the social media said, but what does the word of God say? Y'all quiet on See, some of us have allowed everything else to supersede the word of God and then we're wondering why we don't know the truth because we're so far from the truth. We say verses don't make no sense, but we think it's a Bible verse. If I take one, God's going to take two. Now you're going in the wrong direction. Why are you going to do that? Make no sense. We, we make stuff up because it sounds good. Or I can speak it into existence. No, you can't. God said, let it be like, no, it's like, what did you speak of what came out? <laughs> we get caught up because we're so far from the world we're hearing other people say stuff. We're citing them. We don't know the source. Don't get deceived. But if my people, we know what that source is, right? Who are called by my name, humble themselves. See, we, we, God always points us to humble ourselves before him. Not to build ourselves up. Somebody's trying to build you up. You need to be broken down. They were so proud, they were so up on themselves that they said, hey, we got it. But the same was like, no, y'all don't have it. Y'all really want to change. Y'all need to let go of the things that's holding you back. Here's another thing for you to test and inventory in your life. If God told you to let go of something, you said no. My question is why? Why do you love this more than you love God? When we're wrestling with things that we can't let go, that means I'd rather have this than Jesus. But come Christmas time... I'd rather have silver, you know, I love God more than silver and gold. You lying? <laughs> give me them silver and gold gifts under the Christmas tree. Then. Give, me, give them all to me. Go, go, take them out to down the street, right? So we need to check ourselves. Realize, like, Lord, do I really give it all to you? So there's times in our lives that we've got to do some inventory and come out before the Lord and seek his face. Israel was living in this condition for how long? 20 years. We've got to be careful that we don't get caught that same funk that we're living in such a rut of defeat and a condition far from God going through the motions. They're going through the motions, y'all. They're going through the motions. So then Samuel told them, gather all of Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and this great, in a great ceremony, drew water from a well and poured it out before the Lord. They also went without food all day and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. It was at Mitzvah that Samuel became Israel's judge. So he went from being priest and prophet to being their judge. Y'all see that there? So he he's the one that could present God everything that they had. He was their priest. He was their prophet. Now he became their ruler. And so as he's presenting to them, he's letting them know that, God, we have messed up. And they're following his lead and they're saying, Lord, we have messed up. There's times in our lives that we need to corporately confess, God, we have messed up. And here's the situation that if you look closely here, it's kind of hard to see what did they do wrong. That's the question, right? What did they do wrong? Well, here's what happened is that it started with Eli. Their leader led them astray. They were not faithful, and so because they were not faithful, the people suffered. And since the people suffered, they were in the stone looking for a leader, lead them in the right direction. And so they had to leave their home, leave a place of comfort, and go out in the wilderness. And when they got out in the wilderness, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been out into the wilderness, it's hot out there, you want to drink some water. 
They took the water and poured it out as a sacrifice. And now, Lord, we need you more than this water. And then they abstained from eating while they were out and said, Lord, we need you more than we need food. I don't know about you, but if you ever gone to a time of fast, you, when you start getting those hunger pains, you start realizing that, Lord, I'd rather have you. They were sowing their sincerity. Remember what Sam asked and said, if you really want to, 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 are you willing to make this sacrifice? How far are you willing to go? Now look, they went out to worship God. They went out to worship God. They went out to worship. So when you go to worship, are you bringing arms, arms with you? So they didn't come out, but yet the Philistines heard, hey, they all out. So they looked to go to attack them that were just worshiping God. Mm. They were broken. They were humble before the Lord. They confessed their sins. I want you to also point, I want to point out that when we get before God, we are exposed to how holy he is and reminds us how holy we are now. That we are in need of his grace and his mercy. So as they stand in his presence, they confess. And they're just pouring out to God. And they're being vulnerable before God. I want to encourage you that when you are confessing and when you are being vulnerable before God, the enemy does not Notice for the 20 years the Philistines left them alone. But as soon as they started getting close to God, the enemy said, no, we can't have this. They came out after them. Y'all missed it. See, the enemy was not messing with them because he already had them. But as soon as they started removing the idols and started getting closer to God, the enemy said, now we got to go out and get them. I want to encourage you that as you're getting closer to God, as you're drawing closer to God, you're going to see the enemy come after you. You're going to see some things come after you. But I want to encourage you, what, what, what Sam's going to tell them the same thing. Don't stop. Tell your neighbor, don't stop. He says, don't stop pleading. They said, don't stop pleading with the Lord our God to save us from the Philistines. They begged Sam, don't stop. They said, our enemy is coming after us, but Lord, we need you. Anybody here say, Lord, I need you. And so here's what happens. Now, notice this, that this, this is the thing about when you look at the text. They don't give you all the details, but you figure stuff out. So here's this. It did not say that they gathered stuff for sacrifice. But yet, all of a sudden, the sacrifice was needed. Y'all see that there? He says, gather yourselves and come out. And they went out to plead to the Lord. Now, he was pleading to the Lord. That's all he was doing. They were confessing and repenting to the Lord. But then the enemy comes and said, uh-oh, <laughs> we need to take it up or not. We need to present a sacrifice. And look what's the sacrifice. It's a lamb. And it's a whole earth offering. Which means it was all submitted to God. So the priest, the prophet, the judge, takes a lamb and prepares it for a sacrifice. Leviticus 1 and 4 says, lay your hand on the animal's head. And the Lord has said, it's death in your place to purify you. Making you right with him. So this burnt offering, this lamb offering can be used as an offering for atonement. Atonement is what we understand that means that we become one with God. And, and we understand atonement because we understand substitutionary atonement means that Christ took our place. And so here it is that this lamb became an offering for Israel 
so that the Philistines will not overtake them and have them, but also they have confessed, they have repented, they have brought themselves before the Lord, they're at the Lord's mercy, so if the Lord speaks, it's going to happen, if the Lord allowed the Philistines to get them, it's going to happen, so they are waiting on God to move, and they're trusting in God, no matter how bad it is, they're saying, don't stop pleading unto the Lord. And Jesus teaches the same principle in Leviticus, I'm sorry, Luke 18.1. Pray until something happens. He basically said, pray and faint not. Pray and faint not. And when I think about that text, and I think about how you faint, people pass out when they can't breathe. And so just as I need oxygen, I need to pray to live. They're saying, don't stop. Keep on pleading. Keep on pleading. He realized that, all right, I'm going to keep on pleading, and I'm going to present this sacrifice to God. But notice as... Y'all see what's happening here in verse 10? Y'all see the action words there? As he's making the sacrifice. Y'all see that there? As he's making the sacrifice, the Philistines arrive to attack. So they're like, oh, we got him. And so he's pleading and he's preparing the sacrifice. But look what happened. But the Lord, am I glad about but the Lord? But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day. And the Philistines were thrown into such a confusion. That all that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mitzvah to the place below Bethpar, slaughtering them all along the way. The enemy will tremble in the sound of God's voice. They can only move so far. God can set barriers and protections around us when we're in his presence. Notice when they were far from him, they felt abandoned. But then they turned towards him. They renewed their covenant to him. See, times in our lives, as we celebrate on first Sunday, when we are uh, breaking of this bread and drinking of it, we are renewing our covenant with God, believing that he is our Lord and our Savior, that he died on the cross for our sin, that he defeated death, but rising from the grave on the third day, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. We remind ourselves, as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do so in his remembrance until he's coming back again. As a reminder, as a renewing, as a, re, as a, as a confessing and believing, like, Lord, this is what it is. They broke their covenant, they renewed their covenant, and God showed them how faithful he is, because he's mighty in battle. So the Philistines were subdued and didn't invade Israel again for some time. How long was this time? Good question. Samuel's lifetime. So the life of the judgeship of Samuel, they weren't a problem anymore. I was at a few more witnesses here. To realize as long as I walk with Jesus, <laughs> my problem that used to be my problem won't be my problems anymore. Look what the text says in verse 13. Y'all see that very clearly. It says, the Lord, powerful hand, was raised against the Philistines. I want you to understand that when it talks about God's hand, it could be a, a, a hand of affirmation and strength, but also it could be a hand of defense. And so here's the mighty hand of defense. Let's them know that you came against, but you can't win. Who can box with God and win? And so let them know that since they are under my protection, y'all can't mess with them no more. So as long as Samuel was judged, there was peace from them. Matter of fact, it says that the biggest enemy that was stronger and bigger, they didn't mess with them. They allies and Canaanites. They're like, no, no, we good. There's peace <laughs> in the community because they turned back. To God, which reminds us again that God's blessing is secure. The Lord restored 
what the enemy took. Y'all see that there? Verse 14, the Israelites, village near Ekron and Gath that the Philistines had captured, were restored to Israel, along with the rest of the territory that the Philistines had taken. And there was peace between Israel and Amorites in those days. God can restore. He can renew. He can revive. He can rejoice. The Lord blessed them by keeping the enemies away after they repented and removed the enemies within them. Mm. We need to make sure that we are removing the distractions and the sins that easily betangle us as we run this race. So we will not be discouraged and misled and deceived by the enemy, but we will draw closer to our God. God desires us to be with him in a right relationship. When we turn from our sins and seek the Lord, we find peace. So here's the thing that what happened when they found peace. I'm going back to verse 12. Y'all with me? Sam then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Genesis. And he named it Ebenezer. Why did he place it between them? Because they chased the army away. <laughs> they remember, they were at Mizpah. And they chased the army away. And says, he says, here's what he says. And he says, up to this point, up to this point, probably suggests that this is where the enemy was done. <laughs> and he set a stone here and said, I want to thank God for his help. I want to encourage you, there might be some times in our lives. That we allowed our defeats to weigh us down. But yet in our defeats, can we not see our victories? Due to that you're here today means you had a victory. That though you were down, but yet you're still here. And because you're still here, this might be a moment for you to mark your Ebenezer and say, Lord, I want to thank you for being my help. For being a present help in the time of trouble. When I called on the Lord, he was there. We can remember our, loss, our losses as we can recall our victories. In both situations, let us look to learn from our God in this situation. Remember, I encourage us not to always look at something negative, but try to always see the positive in something. Keep hope alive. When you are suffering with anxiety and you want to you add on negativity, you will be in a whole lot of mess. But if you are wrestling with anxiety, because you start bringing in hope, and all of a sudden, your perspective starts changing. See, God can show us there is a way out. They were locked down in defeat, but the man of God showed up and said, if you really want to get ready and be right with God, you got to take these two acts. you got to remove the sin, and you got to go out and meet God. And when you meet God, God will show up and show out. Did y'all not see him do that in the text? Did he not show up and show out? Said he spoke, his voice thundered, they got confused, they have victory. Oh, glory be to God. And I also want to highlight this, the ark was not there. <laughs> God is not limited by the ark that they use as a token. God sold them, all you got to do is just be faithful to me. Mm. As I look at this text, I want to highlight in context, uh, Samuel, uh, the book is kind of a coronation of the kingship of David. Uh, when we look at these first few chapters, we look at um, Eli, and we look at Samuel, and Samuel anoints Saul, and then he anoints David, and David takes the majority of the book. But what I want to highlight here is that as we're looking at Samuel, we're looking at a priest, we're looking at a prophet, we're looking at a ruler, a judge. But yet, he is not their king. Samuel is old in age, and his sons don't do right. They said, we want a king. And so he chooses Saul. 
Saul gets rejected and then he anoints David. And David is chosen by God to be a ruler for all. But what I want to highlight is here is this, that Samuel as a priest and as a prophet presents the sacrifice for them in the time of pain. But I want you to know that we have a priest, we have a prophet, and we have a king that can present our sacrifice and is our sacrifice. He had to get a burnt lamb offering, but we behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I want you to understand that you don't need to go out into the wilderness, but you can just get down on your knees right where you are <laughs> and humble yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. And then you can say, Lord, expose and reveal to me anything that is not of you and take it, almighty God, so that I can be closer to you and I can walk with you. My enemies will to camp around me, but they will stumble and fall because I will put my faith and trust in the Lord. I want to encourage you that Jesus was, pre was preaching the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But I want to encourage you to understand that God wants you to be in right relationship with him. And so that means that there's things that's not right in your life. Get them out so that you can get right. So that you can understand that how I want to walk in fellowship and community with my God. And I'm going to encourage you that even though the enemy is coming after you, don't give up. They say don't stop pleading. So don't stop praying. Don't stop trusting. Keep on confessing. Keep on believing. Keep on walking in the Lord knowing that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And notice the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But he can't kill, steal, and destroy, but he can't touch. So find yourself hidden in Christ. <laughs> find yourself in the church, in the body of God. Knowing that, yes, you were once far from him, but now you are in him. In right relationship with him. Not because you're right, because he made you right. And since he's made you right, now you want to do right and remove those things that have caused us to stumble and fall. And may we stand on our rock. May we stand on Christ, the solid rock. May we stand on him as our firm foundation. May we stand on him as our holy redeemer and savior that we place our faith in him that no matter what storms may come, we won't be destroyed. Do you notice here in this text that when they surrendered to God, they found victory. God gave them victory. They were in mourning because they tried to use the ark for victory. But when the man of God turned to God, they found victory. I want to encourage you that you don't need to fight for your victory. But turn to the Lord and let him fight your battles for your victory. Remember, the battle is the Lord. So where is your Ebenezer? You might have more than one Ebenezer. That's all right. You can thank God for every time he helps you. For he is worthy to be praised. We ought to thank God for the good days and the not so good days. But we realize that through it all, God, you're still good. Because you are still good, I'm still here. And because I'm still here in the land of living, I got an opportunity to bless your holy name. And the rocks won't cry out in my place. But as long as I got strength and blood warm and pouring through my veins, I'm going to say thank you, God, for being God all by yourself. I'm so glad the Lord loves us and heard our despairing cry. That's why we like to sing the song, I love the Lord. He heard my cry.
Love the Lord. When we understand that our God is a present help in the time of trouble. So no matter where we go, we're not far from him. No matter where we are, we're not out of his reach. He cannot, he can hear us and he can deliver. His arms are not too short, his ears are not too dull. He is able and mighty to say. Let me leave you this last call. Notice their victory came, not in their homes. Their victory did not come where the Ark of the Covenant was. The victory came in their confession and their repentance and turning to God. Their victory came when they surrendered to the presence of God. I want to encourage you that if you're trying to fight, don't fight. Just surrender to the presence of God, no matter where you are, and let God minister to your heart. And then thank the Lord for his help. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you that you are a present help in the time of trouble. Father, we thank you that you are our help, and you are our redeemer. You are our banner. You are our peace. You are our provider. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can do all things through you. Father, forgive us for times we made it about ourselves. Forgive us, Lord, for times that we try to do it all by ourselves. But, Father, now we surrender and Lord, have thine own way. Father, forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Lord, draw us closer to your presence. Reveal to us those items, those things that we allow to sneak into our house, into our lives, into our relationships. That's hindered us from fully falling after you. And now, Father, we thank you for Jesus, who is our priest, who is our prophet, who is our resurrected king, who intercedes on our behalf. And so, Father, minister to our hearts and minister to our minds. There might be someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. Jesus Christ, the Lord, died on the cross for the sins and rose from the grave on the third day. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, there might be someone here looking for a church home. Lord, I pray that you will lead them and guide them to the place where they can grow and be discipled and celebrate the baptism of the saints and the communion of sins. Oh, Father, we ask you right now to move in this place. Lord, there might be someone listening online. Lord, I pray that they will find that place. As they surrender in your presence. And Father, we give it all to you. Lord, we give it all to you. For it all belongs to you. We are yours. Guide us in your direction. Guide us over your peace. In Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue to worship our God and bless our God, we pray to give God his tithes and his offering. And as we follow the instructions of the usher to ask if that's you today that's looking for a church home, that's you today that said, what must I do to be saved? And you want to celebrate the baptism of the saints, the communion of the saints. We want to welcome you into this place, into this fellowship. And we encourage you to come around as the ushers, the leaders, the deacons, the ministers will be up here, that we'd be happy to get that information from you. As we prepare to give God this tithe or offering, let us pray. Father, we give back to you where order belongs to you. We're grateful, Lord, to give back to you how you have prospered, how you have blessed us. And then, Father, we also to bless those, Lord, that desire to give, but yet have not. We thank you, Lord, that you supply all our needs. So, Father, we ask you to bless what is given, for to continue to be work of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Let's follow the instructions of the ushers.
Jesus' betrayal, he took her the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke it, said, this is my body, let us eat together. Likewise, he took her the cup, and he blessed the cup, and said, this represents my blood, he's poured out for the midst of sins. Drink ye all of it, let us drink together. recorded that they sang hymns and they collected all that was lost. Amen. And we'll continue to sing hymns and collect the cups. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. Together again. And so those who are able to stay with us after this uh, 
this afternoon, amen, in our planning meeting as well. Amen? Amen, amen. All right. So as you get into your survey, amen, if you can take your time to complete that before we leave out today, we greatly appreciate it. Amen. But we're not going to hold you hostage. Uh, uh, we're going to do our doxology and bless you, amen, so we can sing, amen. As you get your survey, go ahead and stand on up, amen, and we're going to sing our way out, amen, and then you can sit back down and finish it up and then walk on out, amen. Thank you, ushers, and Sister Rosemary for helping us pass out the survey.